Hey guys, welcome back to the In The Woods Podcast, a show dedicated to your strange and eerie encounters in the outdoors. Today's episode features my friend Courtney, as she recounts two stories from her childhood. I do want to mention that these stories may be triggering to some viewers, so viewers' discretion is advised. This is In The Woods, the show all about the mysterious, terrifying things that happen beyond the tree line. And back again is your host, Eric, the new host of the In The Woods Podcast at the request of Darkness Prevails. Again, it's a pleasure to be here tonight. For a link to our Discord and where you can be interviewed for a future episode, and to discover more horror podcasts, go to eeriecast.com. Hey guys, welcome back to the End of What's Podcast. I'm your host, Eric. Today I've got Courtney on the show today. She's going to be going over a couple of stories that have happened to her over the years, and I'm actually not too sure exactly. We, we didn't go into great details yet, so... This will be a surprise just as it is to me as it is to you guys. So I'm going to go ahead and let Courtney take the stage now. Courtney, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, um, age, you know, kind of where you live, general location? You don't have to give a city or anything, but, you know, and then like uh, the times that that this story or stories happened. Um. Yeah. I mean, I live in the U.S. Um, and I'm in my early 30s. And then... Uh, I guess during the time of these stories and when they happened and all that, I was um, in middle school, I think, if I remember correctly. It's been a minute. But yeah, I think I was barely entering middle school or high school. I don't know. It's kind of, it's kind of confusing because I was homeschooled. So I don't know grades and whatnot and what ages you're supposed to be and what. But I think I was like 12 at the time. Whatever that qualifies as. High school, middle school. I honestly don't know. Yeah, you know, honestly, I went to regular school and I don't remember what grade I was in when I was 12. So, but yeah, so around that time, probably like eighth grade, middle school or, or freshman and high school, you know, I think that's around that age. So, yeah, well, I'll, I'll let you continue. Yeah, so like I mentioned, I was homeschooled and that's kind of like a vital fact because um, it wasn't just a regular summer. So, I would volunteer at my mom's uh, work during the summer and they had like an after school program for, for like children of like mixed age groups because they would have like year round summer camps and I would volunteer at every single summer camp. So they would all go one after another after another. So we'd start with like vacation Bible school and then we'd start with performing arts camp. And then we'd start with cooking camp and then desert camp. And there was another one. I honestly can't remember what it was, but it was probably something. Oh, sports camp. There you go. So each one lasted for a week and it was one after another. And then cooking camp, it was the most popular out of all of them. So they had like a like an AM and a PM version. I would volunteer for both and then every single camp because it was just something to keep myself busy I would earn like volunteer credits in case I wanted to get an internship or a job again I was homeschooled but I don't know I was hungry for life experiences and I guess I was a little overambitious so by like the fifth camp I was exhausted and then just my luck it happened to be the one that had the AM and PM so in between the two I would either take a nap or I'd ask somebody else to cover me. Because honestly, it's volunteer work. I mean, it's so bad, but honestly, who cares? 
And um, since I was one of the ones that was the most, I guess, knowledgeable about the building and places we were going and how it's done, because this was like, yeah, my second, third year doing this, um, I would help like the new recruits. And we hardly got new recruits each year, but occasionally we did. And I don't know, maybe it's just like my type A personality, but I was like, oh, hey. What's your name? I'm Courtney. I'll be your camp counselor. If you need any help, I can help you. And also, these are the times. This is how it works. Don't forget your clipboard. X, Y, and Z. I was pretty, yeah. <laughs> because it was, for me, it was, like, super important, regardless of the fact that you were volunteering. Because we had children even younger than us under our care. And granted, I was one of the youngest volunteers because I was, like, 13. But, um all the other camp counselors were like anywhere from 15 to 17, 18 even. Um, so we would have younger kids under the, us. And typically we had kids like from five to roughly 10, I think was the cap. And then you could decide to be a volunteer yourself. And I attended these when I was a kid too. So it was kind of like a passion project, whatever you want to call it. And, um, so, yeah, I thought it was important for that reason that I had, like, minors, even though I was a minor. It's confusing. <laughs> I realized that. But, um, so, yeah, we had clipboards, and we had to sign out each kid. So it wasn't, like, just willy-nilly have fun. But, yeah, we were having fun. And then all the volunteers and camp counselors would, like, hang out in between, and we'd have, like, a whole area where we could have snacks and pick out and kind of get to know each other as volunteers because we're like the older kids honestly even though it was really helpful I didn't really vibe with anybody looking back at it now um I was pretty awkward but it went beyond just being homeschooled like kind of socially awkward I was just an awkward person and still kind of am um but yeah, uh, so I wouldn't really talk to anybody, kind of keep to myself, but I had my best friend and him and I, we grew up together since I was like two. So we would kind of hang out all summer and enjoy each other's company and what have you. And um, so this new kid shows up during like in the middle of all these weekly camps. So whichever that one was, I don't know. Um, but I knew, uh, he stayed on till past like cooking camp and cooking camp. I keep mentioning it cause it's vital cause it has the AM and the PM. And that's like super important to the story because by that point I was exhausted. So this kid's name, I'm going to change it. Cause I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't feel comfortable saying his name. Um, but let's just call him Nathan for the sake of creating an alias for him, even though he doesn't deserve it. Cause he, ended up stalking me <laughs> but um so Nathan shows up and he's new and then he happened to be the son to one of my mom's co-workers so I felt extra responsible to him because his mom was like hey Courtney I know you've been doing it for so many years do you mind taking Nathan under your wing and kind of showing him how it works and let me know how he's doing because um he needs the volunteer hours for school that honestly should have been a red flag for me because like what young man in his like or boy I should say 
But <laughs> what boy in, at 14 actually wants to volunteer? I think his mom was making him or he was in trouble at school. I don't know. But anyways, I was super nice. And so the first day of training, I was like, I ran through like everything in a nutshell. And then I would kind of check up on him. Um, like every other day or so, like, hey, Nathan, you doing all right? You need anything? Cool, cool. And Nathan didn't have any problems um, making friends. But the thing is, my best friend and I would hang out, but Nathan would stay late as well as I because his mom and my mom worked till they closed the whole camp program. So we were there from like 7.45 in the morning all the way to like six and then sometimes he would leave earlier depending on his mom's schedule um mind you he's the odd one out of our group because like i said me and my best friend grew up together since i was like two and he was three and we're now like 13 and 14 so this guy comes in he we're just kind of nice to him but he, he not to be like mean but like you don't even go here so why are you bothering us? So he started integrating himself into our groups. And I was like, okay, maybe I'm just a really private person. And I feel maybe uncomfortable by his intrusion into my, my life and my best friend's life. But I was like, okay, maybe I'm just being sensitive. And then first week went fine. The second week, he just kept intruding more and more. Like, I found out, like, on the third week, he had been to my best friend's house. And I was like, that's weird. Like, he invited himself over because that's kind of how this Nathan kid was. He'd invite himself over like, oh, you're going for pizza? I can go. And it's like, nobody invited you. (laughs) It sounds so mean. But it was just, it was beyond just like, I want to be included. It was kind of like, he had this vibe of like, what's your agenda kind of deal. Um, so it kind of went on like that. And then it started getting really weird. Like, I would always find him in the same room I was, even if it didn't make sense. Like, behind the basketball court where the supply closet was, and I'm getting something for a kid, and he'd like kind of... <laughs> This sounds so made up, but I swear to you, all that is holy, it's true. He would kind of come out from the shadows like, oh, hey, you're looking for a ball? And it's like, wait, there's like literally over 50 people in this room. And you somehow knew I was getting a ball in this like utility closet behind the basketball court. Okay. But again, maybe I'm just shaking it off and it's like, whatever. So this building where we were um, volunteering was super old, it's like over 70 years old. And there's, like, this basement that they turned into, like, a lounge with, like, couches and snacks and, believe it or not, rentable movies that you could, like, rent, take home and bring back, which is weird if you think about it. But I guess, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. So we would do that. We're hanging out, me and my best friend. And mind you, this is on the basketball court is in one building. And then the lounge area is connected to another building. So you kind of like in hospitals have to do that kind of like, I don't know what they're called, like crossway kind of deals. It looks like a long hallway, but it's like a tube that connects the two buildings. 
you have to do kind of like that. And then you go down to the basement of the third floor for the lounge in the completely opposite building, okay? This Nathan guy, to my knowledge, does not know about this lounge area. It's kind of like mine and my besties hang out that we know about or like the OG people know about. And he appears out of nowhere one day. And we're just watching. We're old. So we're watching like Charlie the Unicorn and listening to Green Day and just hanging out. I don't know. The internet was like not a really a thing at that time. So not much to look at like TikTok or anything. So we were just kind of hanging out and chilling. And again, here's a friendship under our belt. And this guy, Nathan, comes in like an odd screw and kind of like throws a wrench in all of it. And he's there. And ugh, so cringe. He's like, yo, man, give me your iPod to like my best friend. I'm like, oh, don't give him your iPod. No iPod, dude. Like, mind you, they're like the really basic iPods, okay? Like the, the like very baby screen that like you can look up basic internet searches with. So then he became obsessed with my bestie's iPod. So like anytime we were in the vicinity, he'd be like, yo, let me borrow your iPod. And I don't know why my bestie did, but he let him. And for me, that's like, again, awkward guy. <laughs> And you're kind of like, I don't know, encroaching onto somebody else's stuff. But um, <laughs> anyways, so then that goes on for like a few days. And then I was like, yo, let me borrow the iPod because at this point it's fair game, I guess. But I have more say because, again, my best friend. So I go and I'm like, oh, why is there like a bunch of porno searches on your iPod? Like, this is super awkward. And I kind of just didn't mention it because it made me so uncomfortable. Because, mind you, I'm I'm young. I'm kind of sheltered, homeschooled kid. I was like, this, this is not weird. <laughs> so I kind of, like, I stopped my bestie because, like, I, I needed to process it. Because my bestie doesn't give off those, like, vibes. So I was like, okay, weird. And my bestie noticed I was being weird. And he was like, you saw it, didn't you? I was like, yeah. that you saw porn on their ipod like <laughs> the, the top 10 conversations i don't want to have and then he tells me he's like no bro i found out too and now my ipod's like just trash basically i was like what do you mean he's like nothing works on it i guess it got like a virus or i don't know again young days of ipods and we don't really know how to work this crap so we're like mm. he's like dude i think it's that nathan kid I was like, that's just so uncomfortable. When is he doing this in the lounge by himself? When we're in the room, which makes it even more weird. Or are you doing this around the children? Like, that's, like those are my fears. Because, I don't know, it's weird. And um, so Nathan, that was like the beginning of the downfall of Nathan. Because he was already weird. And then that was just kind of like, oh, God. And so we would play things like sardines i don't know if you know what sardines is am i the only one that knows what sardines is no Not like a little stinky fish <laughs> no, <laughs> no like the game. really no okay no, it's kind of really. like hide and seek but like a grown-up version and so like if i remember correctly again did not have friends homeschooled <laughs> 
But if I remember correctly, the premise of sardines is all of you hide, like hide and seek, right? And then there's like one person seeking, okay, basic hide and seek. But the thing is, each time you find a, how does it work? Each time the seeker finds someone, they take, no. Okay, okay, scratch that. I got it. What happens is, basic hide and seek rules but everybody that's hiding has to find other people that are hiding outside from the seeker like the seeker cannot find you finding other people and the whole point of you finding other people is like let's say you and i are hiding and i find you and you're obviously not the seeker and i'm not the seeker we have to go find the rest of the group so let's go find the other 10 or 20 people that there is and we all pile together in the same hiding spot like a sardines in a camp and the seekers having a harder and harder time finding people because they're all in one spot. But it also makes it hard because you're trying to hide 20 people in one spot. But anyways, so we would play games like that. And um, Nathan dude was mad creepy about it. <laughs> like, this creepy motherfucker decided it'd be a good idea to like convince First, he found all the girls, which is creepy. And then he convinced them to, like, all hide in the bathroom with him. Because he's like, <laughs> sardines, right? We're like, no, dude. Like, can you not have a hide in bathroom to creep? Just little stuff like that that I was like, mm, maybe Nathan's not okay in the head. And then Nathan had, like, two younger brothers, and he was kind of weird with them. Like, he would kind of pretend to be their dad. He was weird. <laughs> But he would also, like, play with them in a way that was, like, kind of, like, let me tickle you. But he's, like, way older, and it wasn't, like, oh, big brother love. It was kind of just awkward. Like, you could tell even the other kids are, like, don't touch me. Oh, no. Like, this guy is weird. Yeah, because little kids give you that look, and you know that they know that you're weird. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, so little stuff like that. And, um... Rumor was that he had taken one of the girls behind, like, the basketball court. Like, remember I had mentioned that, like, utility closet? And he had, like, made out with her during sardines. And she's like, I never did that. But, like, I don't know. We didn't know what to believe because, like, people would go back there and make out all the time. So we didn't think anything. But also, like, it's kind of not popular with the ladies. Suspicious. But also, I don't know. And then, um, because we never, the whole group of volunteers never had drama before Nathan came along, but there he was. And um, so this went on and it kept progressively getting like just cringier and worse. Like we'd have to sing and dance with the kids and he would like intentionally get close to me and I could feel like his breath on my like nape of my neck. He was just creepy, but it was subtle enough that if you made a fit about it, it was like, she crazy. So this went on for like three weeks and it just got weirder. And then, like I said, my mom worked it and his mom worked as like actual employees at this camp. And they had like an after camp program for those parents that work longer shifts. And so, mind you, there's multiple classrooms and um, some would not be used past a certain time like let's say 3 p.m and everybody's out of that class or what have you so i would eat my lunch in some of them or particularly like my mom's class but then i found out that nathan found out where my mom's classroom was so he would 
purposely. Hey friends, don't go anywhere just yet. We're taking a quick little break for our sponsors and we'll get right back to the show. Thanks again. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Find out when my mom was not in her classroom. And know and like track down the time that I was in there eating my lunch and he would go eat his lunch with me or like go sit next to me or go get really close to me. And he he was like an over exaggerated storyteller. He'd be like, oh, yeah, I took my brothers here and we did here and I drove and it's like, dude, you can't drive. You're 15. That's not legal. Like little things like that that you pick up on them like. I don't know, it just don't make sense. But he would just, like, not stop. And then he would, like, oh, I hate putting to this day because of Nathan. Like, it sounds so stupid, but I hate it to this day. He would sit close to me and eat pudding in, like, the weirdest way. Like, he would scoop it up and bring it to his mouth like any regular person. But then he would put it in his mouth, suck on it, and then pull it out. And it's as if he never touched the put it at all like it's still on the spoon the same way you scooped it like you just liked the feeling of placing your spoon with the cream or pudding or whatever you want to call it texture on top and then letting it sit and then pulling it out and then letting it sit and the pudding pulling it out like on and off until little by little by little it would like disappear from the spoon but I just found it so ugh, I don't know gross I don't know. Am I being harsh on the pudding thing? I don't know. Mm. Mm, you know, my years of eating pudding, that's not how you do it. <laughs> that's not, no, that's not how you do it. Um, I think it's fair. Fair to say, you know, the red flag is uh, how someone eats pudding. So now. I would think. I mean, and he would make awkward eye contact as he did it. Like, mm, girl, pudding. I'm like, no. <laughs> so. I stopped hanging out in my mom's classroom because I got sick of him eating pu- pudding. I got sick of him, like, being in my ear. And I got sick of him just being in my space. Like, I want my space. Like, fuck off, dude. Like, I'm not your source of entertainment. So then, like I mentioned, there's other classrooms that are not being used at this time. So I would go to another classroom. And... I would make sure to not turn on any lights. I would make sure to to not be visible through any port of entrance and windows, um, doors that have windows in them, anything like that. I wanted to be invisible because this creepy motherfucker would check every window of every door of every classroom to see where I was. Mm -hmm. It was like, okay, so you went from being in my presence and finding me randomly to like actively seeking me. So I would be in a spot where he couldn't see me, but all of a sudden I would see like his shadow appear at the classroom door window. And then he would press his hands to the glass and press his forehead to the glass to try to look in like, that kind of creepy. God. Yeah. That's... And then, 
Yeah. It was uh, uncomfortable. <laughs> and then if that didn't work, he in the let's say theoretically, like for example, one classroom has windows on the whole side wall, you know, because it's for the babies. So if parents want to check on their little ones, they they have the window, right? Kind of like a dance studio. Mm-hmm. It had that, and he would check every single window to see where I was, and I was like crawled under like the window pane with a with a book and a bean bag, and he couldn't see me because I was right under the pane. Versus if I was further into the classroom, and it went on for a while, and I I I'd finally told him I was like, please don't look for me like please i would appreciate it if you stop trying to do this like i'm not trying to be rude um i'll still help you if you need help but i don't feel comfortable you know around you so kind of leave me alone dude no you're being sensitive you're you don't understand i thought we were cool and, you know, I was like, no, no, we're cool. I'm just saying I kind of, I'm a type of person that likes my space. So, you know, um, yeah, if you could give me my space, that'd be, that'd be great. <laughs> he did take it well. And he started to get very angry at me. And so, like I mentioned, we would sing and dance with the kids. He would actively, intentionally get close to me and then let's say the song and the movement required for you to extend your hands out to your sides like a jumping jack he would intentionally do it and slightly hit my elbow with his fist like intentionally like passive aggressive hit me but he'd do it so sneakily that nobody else would notice or if i made a fit it'd be like oh i accidentally bumped into you but after like the fifth or sixth time I knew it wasn't an accident I knew you were intentionally hitting me because you didn't like the fact that I put boundaries on you and then it for me that got really scary at that point um and then like I said after one of these times I was just we finally hit the notorious cooking camp and I'm in the middle of the a.m and p.m shifts so I'm gonna take a nap because I was waking up at 5 a.m. in the morning. So it's already 12.45. I'm tired at this point. Like, we're doing all these activities with these kids. I'm tired. So what I did was my mom was outside on the playground with her class. And I went into her classroom. I made sure to, you know, Nathan hadn't looked for me in the classrooms for a while. I'm not sure if his he got scared that the news might make it to his mom or what the case may, might be but he hadn't looked for me in a while so I felt like it was safe to return to my mom's classroom so I'm a very 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 petite person so you know those little wooden play doll bed things that they have for like little toddlers that they can lay in and put dolls in that kind of thing I don't know if you've seen those I think I know what you were referring to yeah, well, those, I fit on those, <laughs> like, completely extended, like... Oh, um, like, super tiny. tiny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I wanted a bed, so it had, like, this thin, tiny little doll mattress, I was like, ah, oh, this will work. So, I, <laughs> I crawled into it, and I used a little, like, costumey, like, blanket for the kids, and I covered myself in it, and I hunkered down for an hour. 
I don't fall asleep easily because as much, as tired as I may be, I have insomnia. So I'm trying to relax. I'm kind of trying to be chill. And mistake number one. I, I mean, it's not my mistake, but still. The glass to the door and the bed were completely across from each other. So if you look into that classroom, you're going to see the bed and see that there's somebody on it. And I guess I was just too tired of dealing with waking up early, all the volunteering, but also like the emotional drainingness of Nathan's bullshit. Wait, am I allowed to cuss on this? <laughs> yes, you can cuss. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I asked you really late, but <laughs> yeah. okay, cool. <laughs> so he he looks into the window. He looks into the freaking window to the classroom. I'm like, this guy. So I was like, okay, cool. Can you can't tell from this window and how dark it is in the classroom if my eyes are open or closed. Perfect. What I'm going to do is I'm going to kind of roll over and make it seem like I'm rolling over in my sleep. And I tried I, to relax my breathing, to try to make it seem like I'm sleeping. I'm going to do like super fake snoring no noises because like that's definitely going to blow my cover, obviously. I'm going to just play this cool. And when I turn over, I'm going to cover my face. You know, and the reason being is because I had my phone and I'll text my best friend. And I know my best friend is in that lounge area and he can rush over here and just tell this dude to leave or act as a distraction or something, you know. So I roll over and Ethan does like the creepiest thing. He takes knowledge on the seat, mind you. He pulls up a chair and sits. Very, 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 very close to the bed, like where my head is. Turns the chair around so that the backrest or whatever you want to call it is on his stomach area. And he pulls out a pudding cup and starts eating it while he watches me sleep. When I tell you... <laughs> I was crawling out of my skin. I was crawling out of my skin. He was just... <laughs> Mind you, he's older than me. So he's like... I think he was like 15. He's watching a 12-year-old sleep. Like, how... I mean, I thought it was weird as a kid, but now it's like, it's super predatory. Like, I don't... Oh, God. So I text my best friend and he's not seeing the messages. So I just start sending one after another after another. And my phone's muted because I had the foresight when I turned over to mute it. And he's just chilling. And my best friend is taking what feels like forever. It was probably five minutes, but it felt like an eternity. And I'm like, dang, I... My mind started racing because I was like, what is he going to do when he's done with this pudding? Like, is he just going to keep watching me sleep? Is he going to pull the covers down? Is he going to try to touch me? Like, I feel like he's very excited over the power and the fear that he's instilling in me and has been doing for a while. But also, he's been nonchalantly 
like being passive aggressive and trying to hit me. So yeah, <laughs> I felt very creeped out and my friend was taking forever. So I finally decided to, I mean, fuck it. Right. Like I took off the blanket and I was like, pretended to wake up, but I feel like it was like the worst show of my life <laughs> because I, I don't feel like I acted it out very good. Like, okay. I don't know. I don't, I feel like my fake sleeping was better than my fake waking up, <laughs> but I was a kid and also I'm really freaked out right now. I was like, what are you doing? He's like, nothing. I was like, are you watching me sleep? No, I'm just eating my pudding. I'm like, well, why are you walk, like eating pudding next to my sleeping body? Because I want to. I'm like, okay, well, can you go do that in your mom's costume or something? No, I like to be in your mom's. I was like, well, I'm sleeping and I'm tired and I would rather you not be here. Yeah, well, you can't tell me what to do. And so he was just kind of getting... Uh, aggressive and he had kind of finished his pudding and I don't know why the pudding was so symbolic for him I mean looking back on it now maybe he was inspired by Cosby I don't know <laughs> but I swear I don't know what was wrong with him in the pudding it just it grosses me out so fucking bad like you have no idea and so he's just swirling the empty pudding cup and the spoon's like going and it's both plastic, so it's making a noise. And he's just, like, looking at me and then looking at the pudding and then looking at me. And then he the, and then my best friend comes into the room at that point, finally. And he, like, kind of makes up some BS. And he's like, hey, come join me. We're going to go do this. La, 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 la. And kind of made it seem like, oh, I'm glad you're here. And then took him away. But, yeah. So... I wish it ended here, but it didn't. <laughs> so at this point, I really want nothing to do with him. So I'm making excuses not to go to the PM shift of cooking camp. I'm making excuses to just not be there in general. I think I stayed at my grandma's for a few days to just not show up because what used to be really fun was becoming very scary and very unsafe for me, and I didn't like it. But I eventually returned because. That's not fair. <laughs> He's ruining my summer. So I come back and again, we're they're playing sardines and I'm like, oh, cool. I'll play, you know. And uh, I don't know why people picked on me, I guess. I, I know I was kind of annoying, but or maybe not annoying, just socially awkward. And back then bullying wasn't as frowned upon as it is now. And nobody wanted to look for me in sardines, so they found everybody, declared it an ended, an ended game, and then just went off without telling me. So I waited in my hiding spot for like 30 minutes. And um, I crawled out, because I was like under this, like, desk slash chair area mind you i'm really small i crawled out and i felt this searing 
pain hit me on my left eye. And then I just remember, like, almost passing out. Like, the, I guess the best equivalent I could describe it to is when people have, like, the little birdies flying around their head, like, in the old cartoons. Kind of like that, like that disoriented feeling. Mm -hmm. But my vision was going blurry. And I was just really confused. Like, my brain couldn't comprehend what had just happened to me. And I turned around because I was having a hard time seeing out of my left eye because that's where I felt like I had been hit. And it was Nathan and he had hit me over the head with a broom. And it was just like, you're so fucking annoying. Nobody was ever going to look for you. Like, I don't know why you can't get it through your head. And I could hear you calling like, guys? guys can't you just get it that nobody wants you and um i had a hard time seeing out of the eye that whole week and my mom didn't care my dad didn't care they were just like man or get over it um but i told his mom i was like hey i just want to let you know your son hit me over the head with a broom and he missed so the plastic part that holds the bristles together hit me on the side of my temple where my eye is and it hit my eye and I just want to let you know. And she's like, okay, well, I'm sorry my kid did that. Like those kind of moms. <laughs> and um, it, that pain never really went away and it, it came back here and there when I was really stressed for at least like eight years after that, which is absurd to think about. But now, in 2023, you can see it as like stalking and harassment and assault and a whole lot of aggravated assault or whatever you want to call it and a whole lot of other stuff. But at the time, people were just like, get over it. Kids will be kids. Um, so, yeah, that that was one of my stalking stories. <laughs> and believe it or not, I didn't get any smarter and it happened again in high school. but yeah <laughs> dang that's uh that's quite the story not gonna lie um yeah i don't hey, can you hear me? okay yeah i can hear you hello hmm. i'm messaging courtney on discord to see if she can hear me did you hear everything everything I heard the end of the story. So, okay, guys, we got Courtney back on and I just hit record again. So we had some audio difficulties, but it should be good to go. Okay, cool. Yeah. Did it cut off that. in anywhere weird? No, no. I think it, it came in at the end there, the story. Um, I got everything on my side there and I was just saying how pretty much I, I don't even, you know, have anything that I can relate to the story you were saying that was insane yeah let's yeah. just say i didn't volunteer after that <laughs> and then you had another story for us tonight i believe i mean yeah if you want to hear it i mean that was like my first stalking story okay so the first of many okay cool i mean <laughs> to, i guess to put so. it into <laughs> lightly you know oh, that's the first just the first time you know there's let me if i can count on my fingers i would need more fingers I mean, it's not that many. Just I don't know. It just I hate the fact that they happen because it it makes me feel like such a smaller person for it happening. But 
I guess in me, in a way, me telling my story is because I know more people go through it than they care to admit. Yeah, I, I just use uh, comedy as a way to diffuse a, a uh, I guess like an awkward or traumatic experience. So, but you know, nonetheless, I'm I'm happy that you're you're here with us today at least, and you know, you're able to at least share your story. So, but I'll I'll let you continue, and you can go on with uh, the next story here. And for anyone listening, you know, um. You know, at the end of the the podcast here, I'll ask you kind of a, a general question on, you know, kind of more more or less um, what you would suggest to, hey, sorry to cut myself off here, but one more break for our sponsors and we will get right back to the show. To somebody listening, but if you'd like to share that now, you know, I'm I'm sure people would love to kind of know, you know, what, what your advice to someone that's probably a little older than the general audience listening. Um, you know, you're in your early thirties. What, what would you suggest to, to a younger listener listening to your story that might be going through something similar? Um, you don't have to, you shouldn't have to feel the need to internalize things and to just suck it up and to just swallow it and smile and just go through it. If it makes you uncomfortable, don't do it don't hang out with that person don't do it and if you need to ask for help ask for help you know um because even when you try to create distance people i shouldn't call them people monsters like this don't care they don't care about your personal boundaries they don't care about your nose or they'll they'll always find a way to twist it and make it seem like you so I guess my advice is you don't have to take it and you seek help if you need to, whether that's through a friend, whether that's through whatever the case may be. All right. I, I think that was a great way of putting it into words. Um, and then I'll let you hit us with your next story here. And, you know, for example, my, my, experience nathan ate pudding next to me it might seem so trivial but you add it all together and it's like oh he was looking for her in different costumes oh he was watching her sleep oh he was watching porn on her friend's ipod oh this you know what i mean like all these weird creepy stuff add up so if they have documentation of that official documentation of that then once he hits you or assaults you unfortunately given our quote-unquote justice system, that's how it goes sometimes. But when he hits you and makes an aggravated pass at you, they have this, all this previous history, and they could be like, all right, we need a you know, or, um, restraining order, whatever the case is. You know? And, yeah, create kind of like a, a, a breadcrumb trail or whatever the thing is. Of that, I guess that's my advice. Yeah, just document everything as as much as you can, and like officially document it as best as you can. Yeah, exactly. Because I mean, it could help in the future, or it might not help, but at least you can say you tried. <laughs> um. So I guess the second story, I'll go ahead and start. If you're cool with that. Yeah, go right ahead. I'm. I'll just be listening in. Okay. <laughs> Feel free to interrupt me. Sorry, I've never done any one of any of these before, so it's kind of. No, you're good. Yeah, you're, you're you're a natural. So I like the way you kind of uh, you go into detail and just give like every. I feel like I'm I'm walking with you through this whole story. So, 
Yeah, but I away. hope you're not feeling the. <laughs> Yeah, At least, good. hopefully, you're not feeling like an extreme disgust for putting now. But <laughs> um, I mean, I had a disgust for it for other reasons before, but now it's just it's to the next level. You know, I don't think I can ever look at pudding the same. I've never eaten pudding since. <laughs> and don't get me started on jello. But uh, oh yeah, jello is weird. That's oh, texture. Anyways, um, <laughs> so. Hey guys, real quick, Courtney's audio cut out again here and we couldn't get her back on to the Discord server. So she went ahead and recorded the last part of her audio and sent it over to me. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and add that to this this last little bit here. It's a bit bit of a good story. I listened in and uh, we'll come back again after the story, kind of wrap things up. But again, uh, Courtney, if you're listening to this, thank you for all your time and taking some time out of your day two days essentially to, to get it here on the show. It's really appreciated. And if you guys are listening into the show, uh, we'd love to have your guys inputs or stories. If you'd like to again, go over on the discord server and we would love to see you over there. If not just to share your story or just connect with other people that have had things happen in, in their own lives. Maybe they don't have um, an outlet to express that. Anyway, so I'm going to go ahead and let Courtney take it away from here. So I feel like I didn't really, learn from the first experience as unfortunate as that may seem or maybe I don't know it's hard to I feel like it's relatable because we all go through situations like these where we wish we could have done something different um so like I said the previous one was during summer camp and the one I'm about to talk about is during uh, I would say about a month after I turned 16 and I had a different kind of stalker situation and I don't know, chalk it up to naivety, chalk it up to being young and sheltered, whatever you want to chalk it up to, but it happened and it sucks and I hope that in me telling my story, people will feel less foolish or less singled out because it happens to more of us and more often than we think. So like I said, I had just turned 16. It was maybe a month or so after my birthday party. And um, the birthday party is significant because I reconnected with a childhood friend. And like I said, I was homeschooled. So I went to school from baby to kinder and that's it that's the only time i ever attended school and so this young girl was a part of my day school and i don't know i guess my guard was down because my mom vouched for her my mom was her teacher we went to school together my mom knew her mom so my guard's immediately down you you trust your parents and you go with it and so at first, everything seemed normal. She ended up being homeschooled as, as well as I was. And, you know, we had seen each other at other birthday parties and other group events. And so inviting her to my birthday party wasn't anything new. Then, like I said, about a month after, she invited me to her house. Again, nothing too crazy, nothing too new. But I realize now, looking back on it, she was a little off in the sense of, you know, it's 
early 2000s, mid 2000s. And she's like, oh, my gosh, the Jonas Brothers. Oh, I've met them. Oh, oh my gosh, da-da-da band. Oh, I've met them. Like, she somehow met everybody, and now looking back on it, it's like, there, there's no way. <laughs> I mean, there's just no way. And so she would do little things like that that were a little off, but nothing too alarming. And so I went to her house. She was excited because she had just started this little garage band kind of deal, and honestly, I had no idea what that meant. Other than what I had seen on TV or on the Disney Channel. And I was like, oh, cool. That sounds fun. Do you, like, actually do it in a garage? I don't know what I was <laughs> expecting. So she's like, yeah, come see us practice. And then um, we're going to have a cookout. I was like, all right, cool. Dope. So she come. I'm not a person that enjoys swimming. So I immediately don't take swimming gear or nothing. I'm just going to chill in shorts eat some food, hang out, and hopefully my aunt will pick me up later. So we're there. Her dad's grilling. Her family is very, very kind, and she's the only girl out of all boys. And so she's, you know, a little spoiled because, <laughs> I mean, yeah, she's the only girl and, you know, that of all boys. And so it's natural. Nothing, No judgment here. And um, so I'm there, I'm chilling, and I meet her guitarist, I meet her drummer, I meet the co-vocalist, she's one of the other vocalists, and, you know, I'm, I'm polite, and that was very much of the mentality of her friends are my friends, just by association, I think a lot of us think that way, not just me, and so we're hanging out, we're enjoying time together, and nothing's out of the ordinary except I notice her drummer's talking to me a little too much but I just I don't know I'm not interested in him I personally didn't find him attractive I didn't find him um special in any way I don't know how else to put it but anyways so He's talking my ear off, and I'm like, oh, cool, yeah, I get that too, and, you know, whatever. There's nobody else I know other than her at this party, and obviously she's kind of doing her rounds, hosting, along with her parents, that kind of thing. So I leave. I had a decent time, nothing, like I said, out of the ordinary. So then she invites me again on a separate occasion to come see them practice. I'm like, all right, cool, 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 yeah. And so this time they're kind of writing down songs. They're sitting around this giant like donut-shaped couch and there's this huge table in the middle and they're kind of jamming. They have um, acoustic guitars, what what have you. They're kind of hanging out, playing a vocalist, and this drummer decides to sit next to me. And again, okay, <laughs> I, I guess you're just friendly again naive whatever you want to call it but I wasn't the most comfortable with it so then they have to they finally you know got their act together stood up were kind of practicing in her living room because she had a massive living room with all like windows in the back that faced the backyard um kind of a a richer part of the the neighborhood that I live in and um we're hanging out and I thought the guitarist was cute. Not the drummer that's like all up in my business, but I thought the 
guitarist is pretty cute and so i'm there i'm holding up his music for him because looking back on it now again super dumb but for some reason they don't have like music stands but whatever garage band i guess i'm like super nervous and flustered and you know what have you and that's that for that occasion again drummer was weird (sighs) the third occasion nobody else is around except for the drummer my friend who will call her uh i want to keep it private for private reasons we'll call her gabriella and um, so Gabriella's like, let's go to the mall. So we go and we're, you know, we go to Spencer's. For me, Spencer's isn't anything special. It's just a more raunchy hot topic, whatever you want to call it. But she was like, ooh, don't go in the back. It's like, whatever, we're 16. I don't, I don't care. She's like, we're all going to get special cups and then we're going to get super drunk later. I was like, um, I mean drinking's nothing special to me (laughs) like I don't care I mean yeah underage drinking don't do it but it wasn't anything like ooh, let's go drinking like I'm I'm beyond that phase (laughs) even at 16 I was just like whatever I don't see the appeal in it I mean I'll drink but I'm not gonna get plastered so she gets cups we're hanging out and the drummer's like all up in my business just talking about stupid stuff on and on about this on and on about that like talking my ear off and I'm more of a quiet individual if I don't know you and so I was like "Uh uh-huh like just kind of being polite and playing along and going with it and um he even offered to like buy me things it was just really uncomfortable because this is the third time I meet you and I don't just on so then he um we all go and mind you we're 16 we don't drive for some stupid reason but whatever so then he um we all get in uh, her van her mom's van and we're gonna drive him home and then i'm gonna spend the night with her on the way home it's already dark and we're in a minivan so there's the like two seats in the back but there's no middle seat so there's kind of like a little aisle and he is kind of making me feel uncomfortable at this point beyond what he previously has because now I feel like I'm in a dark situation. It's secluded. I don't feel comfortable. So then eventually he's like, hey, oh my gosh, I should totally have your number. I was like, oh, um, I don't really give my number out to people just willy-nilly. Does it make me, especially people I don't know that well oh come on you know me you know me and you know don't you know me and you know then he starts flattering me where it's like oh you have really good vocals I think you could be in our band I was like uh no thanks you know I'm I'm not interested (laughs) and in a polite way I wasn't being rude or anything I was just uncomfortable because I felt like he was complimenting me in order to get my phone number or to get my guard down I don't I don't know so then I told him, um, no, and I tried to kind of avoid it. Well, he <laughs> would not drop the subject of me giving him his phone number. So I just felt pressured. So I gave it to him. And literally, typical stalker, mentally unstable person, right away, texts me. Like, while we're still next to each other. He's like, did you get it? I was like, uh, yeah. He's like, Harry. I was like, okay. <laughs> and so he's like, have a good night. I was like, okay. And so we dropped him off. I go back to my friends. And that was that for that interaction. This was like 
the beginning of the end. He would not fuck off. Good morning, Mia. Good morning. What are you doing? I'm doing this. Like, on and on and on and on. To the point that, like, anytime the band met up, he would act like we had talked for so long and we were such close friends. And, you know, mind you, I was a lonely homeschooler. So I won't lie, the attention felt good. But that didn't mean I liked the individual, as monstrous as that sounds. And um, so then he started getting real, really weird. <laughs> He started, it feels so yucky to say it now, like so many years later, but he would tell me intimate stuff about his family that made me uncomfortable. Like, my dad's into the adult video industry. I'm like, okay. But like, I'm not, I was like, okay. Like, I don't need to know that, you know? Um, I, 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 you know, messed up again and I watched pornographic videos. It's like, okay, thanks for sharing. I don't care or want to hear about that. Like, that's making me uncomfortable. Like, I don't know you that well for you to be telling me that kind of stuff. And then he would be like, well, can I pick you up at your house? Like, my parents will drive me. I'm like, uh. In my head, I thought that was really cringy, but I just, like, kind of played it off. I was like, oh, no, thank you. Um, Honestly, I didn't want him to know where I lived. (laughs) And so this went on for quite a while, and I feel very manipulated now, looking back on it, where he just pretended to be my friend, got my defenses down. I did open up to him. I did share my life, my likes my dislikes you know like a typical friendship and then he would call me and make really gross noises over the phone I mean you put two and two together and would suggest that he was doing stuff to himself to the sound of my voice and just it made me super uncomfortable and he's like you're my girlfriend I'm like but you're literally not like I am your friend and you know we have mutual friends but we are literally not friends or much less boyfriend and girlfriend and um he wouldn't drop it and then he would play along and be like yeah yeah I get what you're saying like okay and then I would find out from other friends that he was telling people that I was his girlfriend, that we had made out, that we had had sex, that we had smoked pot together. I have never done any illegal substances at that point in my life Um, and much less kissed anybody. I had not even kissed anybody at 16. Again, homeschooled, weird kid. So then... He invited me to the movies with his family and he like tried to touch up like my leg and made me really uncomfortable and he came from a weird family like his mom showed up to the movies in low cut jeans and a red thong. How I know it was a red thong because she hiked it up past her hips so that everybody can see it. I was like you're like my sister now like I'm 
literally not. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, weird family, weird kid. He knew I liked Target, so he would pretend to get a job at the Target that I frequented and would say, like, I'm watching you. And um, would call me randomly and say, hey, I'm I'm just seeing to, calling to see what you're doing. And, you know, he would tell the other people in the band to just, like, fuck off and not talk to me. Um, just really weird individual. And oh, I came from a awkward home and an awkward upbringing, so... I was taught to just, you need to suck it up because that person's a man and you respect them. And in fact, you spoil them and reward that kind of behavior as twisted as that sounds. So his mom knew I baked. So his mom would like request that I make them something every time I like met up with them. And that was uncomfortable. And just a lot of weird details like that. So this went on for quite some time. And um, I started becoming very disgusted with the way he was making me feel. I was feeling very used. I was feeling very trapped. was feeling very uncomfortable. Um, uh, and um, <laughs> sorry, thinking of back on it makes me feel sick. Um so one day, it was around Valentine's time, and he was like, hey, come to my house and come. I have something for you. I hate Valentine's Day. Like, everybody knows that, even my husband. Like, I feel like it's just a commercialized holiday to buy things for people, and it's not even things people like. I mean, you could just treat women and men alike well and lovingly any other time of the year you know it doesn't have to be special and especially on a commercialized day but whatever so he's like hey come to my house i have something special for you i'm like oh god this guy will not leave me alone i happened to be at the in the area so i told my mom like hey do you mind um you know swinging by he says he has something for me and he will not drop it and he's threatening to just show up at my house or, like, force it. It's just driving me nuts. Can we just go quickly and come back? And so she's like, yeah, um, I'll give you guys ten minutes. So I go in, and there's, like, rose petals leading up all the way into his bedroom. I'm like, oh, my God, this is so freaking cringe. I go, and there's this giant teddy bear, and there's a box of chocolates, and there's rose petals all around his room, and I just felt, like, I was crawling out of my skin and I wanted to run. I don't want to be rude either because in my mind it was like, well, nobody's ever done this for me. I guess he's just trying to be polite. Men maybe have good intentions, but I'm, I don't know, not executing it well. And then he tried to like touch me and I was like, please don't touch me. And he said, oh, can I hug you? I was like, okay. And then he started sniffing my hair and like, kissing my neck and I was like okay well my mom's texting me I really gotta go and then um he started telling everybody that like we did it and we consummated our relationship all like, all right you freak like that literally did not happen but okay so at this point I'm like cutting him off I started hanging out with the guitarist that I liked because 
turns out he liked me too. That was another weird dating situation, but that was just his family was weird. But that's a whole nother story. Just like dating weirdness. <laughs> and we've all been on cringy dates. But um, back to Stalker Dude. He didn't like the fact that I was seeing the guitarist. So Stalker Drummer Dude was like, well, I'm going to start calling him. So he <laughs> made a fake Facebook account. Yes, that's how old I am. And made the Facebook account with the guitarist's information and cropped out a picture of the guitarist and harassed himself pretending to be the guitarist. Well, the guitarist found out, was pissed, and mind you, these guys are way older than me. I'm 16, they're 20. So, uh, yeah, not legal <laughs> on either one of their parts. So I'm a minor, they are not. So that that's a huge, yeah. I didn't know that was that much of a big deal. Again, homeschooled, sheltered, weird. Like, yeah. <laughs> so Drummer Boy is stalking himself, essentially, pretending to be somebody else. The guitarist and the drummer's parents got involved and were cussing each other out and arguing and just they were pissed. And um, yeah, I I stopped contacting him after that, the drummer stalker dude. And I was just like, leave me the fuck alone. Please stop. Like, what is this that you stalked somebody else? Like, that's that's weird dude like oh, i just want to be with you like okay well it doesn't matter because i work at the target that you work at and they watch you from the stock room and i know when you go and so it gave me like a sense of feeling very violated and watched constantly i was terrified of running into him he got a job at the movie theaters that i worked at i would post um pictures of it and that he worked there like proof that i am employed here like so don't come here or i'm gonna watch you while you watch a movie like just he was a freaking creep so i finally confessed everything that was going on to my parents so i was like i'm i don't know what to do and my parents weren't the most helpful my mom was like well i thought you liked him i was like fuck no he's making me feel pressured to like him to be something with him i i don't i want out and i had to ask my dad permission to impersonate my own father to tell this guy to f off basically and i had to tell drummer dude like hey again i'm pretending to be my dad so i was like if you don't leave my daughter alone i will contact the police and this drummer dude's crazy ass father contacts me and says leave my son alone I'm like is this your way of trying to exonerate yourself from not being guilty because your son caused me a lot of emotional distress and freaked me the frick out and made me feel unsafe and a whole lot of other things but okay I'm the problem right so then on top of it I felt like I was being bullied by this 20 year old's father like fuck I just literally turned 16 technically still 15 if you think about it mentally it's just like what the hell so there was it was really freaking awkward so then i blocked him on everything i tried to cut ties i eventually cut ties even with the guitarist because that was weird 
in of itself because he tried to have a relationship with me. That's a whole nother freaking weird dating story. Um, but anyways, uh, then <laughs> I blocked him on everything and this drummer dude would create fake accounts to try to contact me. He, he couldn't contact me on Facebook, so he tried to contact me on Instagram. That didn't work, so he would try Snapchat. That didn't work, so he would create different social media accounts that he didn't previously have to try to contact me. Um, I don't know why looking back on it now I didn't have the foresight to block his phone number I don't even know if it was possible in that day and time I mean cell phones weren't that like big I think the first iPhone had barely came out like two years prior if that so it was, you know, weird <laughs> so um yeah so I that it's been like that for a couple years and then up until he still contacts me, believe it or not, every five years or so. The most recent one was last year. <laughs> he got his current girlfriend's, or so she claims he's his girlfriend, probably another fake account. And he messaged me and was like, I just want to let you know that, you know, I won't say his real name, drummer boy, um, forgives you for everything that you put him through and he still loves you and forgivings from God. And if you ever want to talk that he's willing to talk with you or, you know, get together for some coffee, but he's, he forgives you. And I'm like, what is there to forgive on my part? I didn't do anything to you. I'm I'm literally a victim. Like, okay, you forgive me for what? For being a victim? For not sleeping with you? For not being what you wanted me to be? For cutting you out of my life because you were psycho? Like, what is there to forgive? And I realized, like, these people are just super mentally unstable and don't have any... They have this weird perception of what actually happened. And, um, yeah, so he'll he'll still message me and just kind of check up on me. But it's it's creepy. And I, I still have him blocked on everything because I know the minute I unblock him, he will try to contact me. And this is literally freaking, I don't know, 20, 20 years later. I mean aren't you old? Don't you have your life together? I mean, he's still living with his weird parents and, I don't know, the supposed adopted brother situation. I don't know what to believe anymore. Anyways, I just wanted to close it off with, I mean, we all go through this and it takes me a while to kill from it or look past it. We all aren't the only ones, and um, it's unfortunate that it happens to so many of us. And looking back on it now, there is so many things that I could have done. I could have never given him my phone number to start. Like, we shouldn't have to feel male or female feel pressured to give anybody our freaking number. That's that's ridiculous. So I could have just either politely said no or just been more firm about it. I could have blocked him right away. I could have 
not gone out to the movies as many times that I did, knowing how creepy he was. And I just allowed it to happen. I allowed him to feel my legs. I allowed him to do all those things. But I didn't feel good. I felt disgusted. I felt violated. I felt used and worn and just blah. (laughs) Um, I could have been more strong when it came to my parents and been like, this guy is harassing me. I can't speak for my parents and I can't be the parent I wish I could have had, but what I could have done was just not ask permission and tell that guy to fuck off. And, you know, I shouldn't have allowed his father to even speak to me the way he did and told him, do you know what? Your son has done a lot of damage to me. Don't contact me again. How dare you say that I leave him alone when he has caused me so much harm? You know, I I could have gone that route there's so many things I could have done differently. And again, looking back on it now, it's like, frick, this guy was 20. And when I met him, he was 18. I was freshly 16. How super predatorial is that? How disturbing is that? How premeditated is that? Like, he even made the comments once of, well... I looked it up and it's legal to be with you as long as we don't have sex. And it didn't occur to me. Like, I remember asking my mom, like, what does he mean? And my mom going, oh, it's because he just, it's it's fine. You guys aren't doing anything. It's fine. You guys are just friends. I, I wish I could have, I don't know, something. Like, that's just, that's yuck. And... The way his mom wanted me to be her sister is just so disturbing. And, ugh, it's just so freaking gross. Like, he would watch adult films with his dad and be freaking weird. <laughs> I don't know. It's just yuck. <laughs> and, I don't know. Looking back on it now, maybe he was abused and maybe he's repeating it. Or maybe I'm making excuses. I don't know. Point is, it's not okay and it's unacceptable to treat another human being the way he treated me. I remember feeling so sick to the point that I had to go for a run and I felt like throwing up because I was having such an extreme panic attack because I didn't know how to make it stop. I didn't know how to fix it. I didn't know. And I had no one to talk to and nowhere to go to to make it better. And then after it was all done, even a year later, I was depressed and I didn't know what to do and I didn't know how to fix it. And now I'm finally healed from it. I feel better about it. (laughs) But I guess... Yeah, I I know other people have gone through this, and I'm not the only one. But we don't really talk about the pain that comes with it, the aftermath, the... You know, we always kind of do it like the stalker situation, like, and let's not meet again, drummer boy. You know, it's, it's so much deeper than that. It's so much deeper than such a like awkward story or like creepy story it's like there's so much emotional baggage that goes along with it that is just so 
hard. It's like, yeah, that situation was hard, creepy, gross, weird, whatever you want to label it as. But the aftermath, (laughs) the aftermath, the mental toll is a whole different thing on its own, in of itself, honestly. So, yeah, I just hope this can help somebody. This can... I don't know. We don't, we shouldn't have to live in, we shouldn't have to accept it. We shouldn't have to just accept it as, oh, well, that sucks. This is some kind of creepy story. No, it's like process it, deal with it. And I don't know. I feel like I'm blabbing, but basically we all have our struggles in closing, I guess. And we all (laughs) go through this in a way, or maybe not all of us, but we go through it. And it's not okay. (laughs) It is 1,000 million percent not okay. And it's okay to not feel okay. And it takes time. I wish it would have taken longer. Not as long, I should say, to get over it. But it it took a while. <laughs> but I'm on the other side looking at it. I mean, I won't lie. Talking about it was hard. Talking about it feels gross. Um, it feels yuck. <laughs> but there's hope. There's healing in time. And yeah, we don't have to put up with it. And it'll be okay. And once again, I want to say thank you to Courtney for her time and her stories and and just everything. And again, thank you everyone for listening. I hope everybody enjoyed today's episode. And if you made it this far, then I'm sure you'd love to know where you can find more content. For more scary podcasts like this and a link to our Discord where you can reach out to be interviewed on the show, please go to eeriecast.com. Thanks again, everybody. Good night.